Hallelujah. Okay, let's give Jesus a clap of praise, everybody. Let's give it to Jesus. He is worthy. Hallelujah. He is worthy. As you're standing, can you just join me to just wave your hands to Jesus? Everybody, just waving our hands to him that sits upon the throne. To him who is exalted above every throne, above every kingdom, above all the kings and the rulers of the nations, to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, and the only wise God. We give him praise. Come and wave those hands to Jesus. We give you praise. All the glory, all the glory, all honor, all dominion, and the majesty. Hallelujah. I want to say a big, big thank you to the Lord for the privilege to be back home. This is home. Amen. I, I, feel, I feel the atmosphere, I feel the spirit in the house. This is where it's home for me. Amen. And I want to thank the bishop, the bishop uh, Richard Ayagbede, for his friendship and what we share together. He is my brother indeed. Amen. Please celebrate with me the presiding bishop, Richard Hegwede. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I love you so, so much. So, so much. Amen. Um, you, you are, you're, you're very special to me. And, and, um, and, and I love you. I appreciate our friendship and I am so so glad to be back here thank you so much amen hallelujah I bring you greetings everyone it's good to see uh, the bishop and, and bishop Rez Bafali in, in in the house amen let's celebrate this man of God hallelujah I bring greetings from my my wife, I'm a married man. I'm married to a beautiful woman. She's called Eunice. Well, we've been married for 25 years now. Amen. And we are blessed with three uh, lovely children, Dorcas, Melissa, and Jethro. Amen. And together we lead a church in the city of Sheffield that is called Victory Assembly. Uh, the place where we've made home uh, for the past 21 years. Hallelujah. But, but I'm originally from Nigeria. Amen. But I, I feel more like a Ghanaian, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love, I love Ghana. I love uh, Ghana people so much. They they behave differently from where I come from. They behave nicer 
and um, and I think you can you can trust them more. Amen. Your airport is more organized than where I come from. Praise the Lord. I had to do some coronavirus test uh, for me to have access to Ghana, and it's easier doing it to come to Ghana, and it's cheaper. So Ghana is indeed a place for me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is it okay if I have this fan uh, coming this way, the fan? Is it okay if I have one this way, please? Hallelujah. The conference theme is Christ is coming. Christ is coming. And I think we all need to become more conscious of this theme. Christ is coming. This is what the Christian faith is all about. Hallelujah. This is what we are here for. This is the core of the Christian belief. There is no much teaching in, in, in our churches these days about the second coming of Jesus. We hear a lot about inspirational teachings, teachings about faith. They are, it's good. We hear teachings about prosperity. It's, it's good. God wants us to, to prosper. God wants us to be faith people. The Bible says without faith, you cannot please God. And God is interested in your prosperity. The Bible says, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who had pleasure in your prosperity. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. We hear teachings about healing. God wants us to be healed. A lot of teachings about marriage, about relationships. Breakthrough teachings. But we seldom hear about the second coming of Jesus. And many of us have relaxed. Many of us are not conscious about the second coming of Jesus. Many of us don't even want to know. But it is important that we keep reminding ourselves that we are pilgrims here on earth. We are on a journey and the journey will, will terminate. We terminate very soon. This is not our permanent place of abode. This is not home. Say to your neighbor, you are not home yet. We all must become more conscious, more conscious 
about the second coming of Jesus, we all must be fully, fully aware that it's not a permanent place of abode here and be expectant every day be, be expectant Paul, Paul in most of his letters he ends with Maranatha the word Maranatha and the word Maranatha means Lord Jesus come soon come soon Lord Jesus hallelujah we have to remind ourselves again and again and again and again what this is all about how this will terminate hallelujah and and i believe that god put it in the heart of the presiding bishop richard ayegbede to put this theme we are in perilous times we are in the last days we do not have much time the world is folding jesus will soon come and we have to be aware of that we cannot afford to be ignorant of that we cannot afford to be careless about the coming of jesus and live our lives as though we have a permanent abode here. Hallelujah. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. Is everybody understanding me? If you are, say amen. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, after Jesus was ascended into heaven, while the disciples looked, an angel appeared to them. The Bible says, and when he had spoken these things, Acts of the Apostles chapter 1 verse 9, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, this same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Hallelujah. I like to assume that a lot of us here understand what the coming of Jesus will look like. Not, not, not so many of us. Many of believers who gave their lives in the last 10 years 15 years are completely ignorant. They're completely in the dark because in the last 10 years, the emphasis has been about prosperity and breakthrough and success and very little is taught about the coming of Jesus. 
they do not have an understanding. Some of you do. And a lot of what I'll be sharing tonight will be a reminder. And we have to constantly remind ourselves so we can prepare and are not taken by surprise. The coming of Jesus will not take you by surprise. Hallelujah. If you don't know and you don't prepare, you are likely going to miss heaven when Jesus comes. You will miss the rapture when Jesus appears, but that will not be your portion. And this, I believe, is the essence for this conference to bring you to speed so you can revive, restore, recharge, become on fire and look every morning for the second coming of Jesus. He comes soon. Hallelujah. I, I'm going to approach this uh, tonight in four subtopics and lead us into prayer. I am trying to get you to understand the basics, the fundamental things or teachings about the second coming of Jesus. And the first thing you need to understand is the fact that the coming of Jesus is not a fable. It's a fact. That Jesus will come again just as the angel said is a fact. Say to your neighbor, Jesus is coming. It is a fact. It's not a fable. Fable means stories. Stories. You know those tales by moonlight stories? When they share stories about how the tortoise got the lines on, on, on the shell, or what makes the hare have long ears and all of that, those are tales. Those are tales. The coming of Jesus is not a tale story. It's not a fable. It's not some, some, some you know, cooked or some foolish imaginations of some old believers who who just came up with something that Jesus is coming back in human form glorified human form is a reality hallelujah second peter chapter 1 verse 2 I'd like you to take notes as much as you can because this is more like a Bible school. Amen. This is more like a Bible school. Take notes. You need God to give you deep understanding. You may need to go back and study these things and learn them for yourself. First, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says, this is Peter himself who had an encounter, one-on-one -on -one encounter with Jesus. He went about doing ministry for the space of three years with Jesus. He witnessed the resurrection, the crucifixion. He witnessed the ascension of Jesus. And Peter sat down and he wrote this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. We have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you the power and coming 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We share with you what we heard, what we saw, what the master himself revealed to us. Are you with me? The coming of Jesus is a reality. Jesus will soon come. Some of you here will not get to go to the university because Jesus will come. Some of you here will not get the chance to be married because Jesus will come soon. Are you listening to me? I was listening to, to the bishop. Was it the bishop that was, was it you or the apostle was saying the other day that a lady was saying, oh, Jesus should just tarry. Jesus should not come yet until she gets married. Wasn't you that said something like that? Some of you will not get to graduate from the university. Jesus may come any moment from now. All of the signs of his coming are being fulfilled every day. Am I speaking to you? It's not a fable. It's not some cunningly devised stories fabricated by some confused men. It's not a proverb. It's not a proverb. You know, I've heard a man of God said, um, don't take the word of an angel too serious. That um, you, it's, it's an angel. Jesus, I mean, Paul wrote, even if it's an angel that will come to tell you what Jesus has not said, that don't take the... And he said that that angel was confused. Peter said, we were eyewitnesses. And when you go further into the teachings of Paul, the apostle, he, he explained it further. Turn with me to... First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 4, First Thessalonians chapter 4 from verse 16. From verse 16 to 18, Paul gives us even deeper clarity. He says in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. We are for comfort one another with these words. Paul explains to us what will occur at the coming of Jesus. How Jesus will come at the shout of an archangel and with the sound of a trumpet. There will be the sound of a trumpet and a, a loud shout from one mighty angel. And at the sound of that trumpet, and at the shout of that mighty angel, a quickening will take place down the earth. And the body, rotting, decayed 
body of believers that died in Christ will come back to form. Hallelujah. Whether they die by fire, whether they die in the middle of the sea, wherever their body melted into will come back to take form. And they will rise from the grave and begin to fly. And as they fly, the believers who were alive at that time will receive a quickening in their body. Their bodies will quicken and they will instantly receive immortality. An undying form. They will be clothed with the type of body that Jesus entered into when he resurrected from the grave. And they too will begin to fly. And they will meet Jesus in the air. Hallelujah. These are fundamental teachings of the scriptures. Now there are four fundamental teachings of the scriptures. You may forget every other teaching, but these four are core teachings of the scriptures. This is what formed the basis of Christianity. The first one is the virgin birth, the incarnation and the virgin birth of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you can refute that, Christianity is dead. The incarnation, it means Jesus pre-existed. And he came to form himself in the womb of a woman who never met a man. She carried him for nine months and brought him forward like human being. But he pre-existed. The second fundamental teaching of the Christian faith is the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. Hallelujah. The third is the forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal redemption of those who believe in Jesus and have accepted him as Savior and Lord. And the fourth is the second coming of Jesus and the judgment of the quick and the dead. Four basic fundamental teachings of the Christian faith. If this, this what you, you call the cardinal teachings of the Christian faith, if these four are based on lies, if they never happened, if Jesus didn't have a pre-human existence, if he never died, if he never resurrected, if there is no forgiveness of sins, if there will not be resurrection and the judgment of the living and the dead, then our faith is founded on false ground. It means that we are most miserable people. It means that we've wasted our lives, wasted our time. And someone like Bishop Hergede will be so sorry someday because 
I was hearing his testimony the other day. He didn't pursue career. He left and went into ministry. I left everything to go into ministry. When I was going to ministry, my father said, you are a foolish boy. And for many years, my father wouldn't have any dealings with me. He, he, he refused to have any communication with me. My father changed his mind when he came for my wedding 25 years ago. And I was getting married in the church that I was a pastor over. And he saw that this wasn't a useless boy after all. If the teachings about the coming of Jesus, forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the dead is false, we are still lost and now in our sins. Because they are grounded on the truth of the scriptures. This is what Christianity is all about. And Paul puts it this way. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. Is somebody getting something tonight? Say amen. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. Paul says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. Hallelujah. And he wrote to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, from verse 12. Let me do this long reading. Come with me, everybody. You've got to understand this, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse, from verse 12. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preachings is useless. And our faith is useless. And we apostles would all by would all be lying about God, for he had, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, if it's all about breakthrough of this life, prosperity, career success, marriage fruitfulness, great house, good car, 
expensive clothes. If that's all Christianity is about, if there is no second coming of Jesus and the resurrection of the dead, Paul says, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. The King James Version says, we are of all men most miserable. There are people who will still argue. Oh, if Jesus would come, he would have come. They've been talking about the coming of Jesus for over 2,000 years ago. They will say he will come soon, he will come soon. When will that soon be? How come he has not come? But when you read through the scripture, you would understand fundamentally there are two reasons why Jesus has still tarried. I won't go in, 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 into that. Hopefully I will touch on that tomorrow when I'll be speaking to you on how to prepare for the coming of Jesus. But when you read Second Peter chapter 3 from verse 9 to 10, it tells you that God is not slack concerning the coming of Jesus, but that Jesus is long-suffering to us world. That none will perish, but that all will come to repentance. Hallelujah. Jesus is tarrying. Jesus has held back. The Bible calls the delay of the coming of Jesus as Jesus going through long suffering. He is going through long suffering. He is holding back and resist coming because there's someone here. If Jesus comes, you will not make rapture. If Jesus had appeared yesterday, you would have missed the rapture. He's giving you the chance to turn your life around and be recharged for Jesus. It's long-suffering, the Bible says, to us world. Not wishing that any should perish. There's some people here. Nobody knows you. Nobody knows how you live your life. I can pretend to you. You can pretend to me. We all pretend. We all come looking good. We put smiles. We know amen, hallelujah. We enjoy good church music. We, we know how to worship. But only God knows the life that you live when you are alone by yourself. The Bible says the foundation of God standeth sure. The Lord knoweth them that are his. You can never look at any man and say he will not go to heaven. Only God knows them that are his. Hallelujah. But you know yourself. You know what kind of a believer you are. You know whether you love the Lord or not. You know how much you love the Lord. You know what extent you can go to prove that you love Jesus. At the maturity of time, he will come anyway.
Hallelujah. And I pray that he will find me waiting and ready. And he will find you waiting and ready. Lift up your hand and say, Holy Spirit, I receive more grace to walk the walk of faith in the name of Jesus. I am not of them that draw back unto perdition. I am of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Hallelujah. Say amen. The second thing is, is that at the second coming of Jesus, there will be that event which I've described earlier that is called rapture. Everybody say rapture. There will be rapture. When you study the Bible, you may never come across that word rapture. But rapture is from the Greek word hapazo. Hapazo, or the Latin word rapimo, which means to snatch away, to snatch something away. Rapture is the snatching away of believers from this planet Earth to another realm. Believers of the early days used it to describe that sudden taking away of believers from the earth into the heavenly atmosphere. And that's what Paul was talking about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's read that scripture again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. From verse 16. At the coming of Jesus, there will be what is called rapture. The snatching away of believers from this planet earth to heavenly atmosphere. And Paul describes it here. First Thessalonians 4. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. A loud trumpet will sound that can be heard from one end of the wall to the other end. And when the trumpet sounds, an archangel will make a loud shout. That shout will quicken even the dead back to life. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Them that were dead at that appearing will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, those of us that are still alive, when the shout is made, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds will suddenly begin to rise and will meet in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air 
And so shall we be with the Lord. We are for comforting one another with these words. Paul exhorts that we keep teaching ourselves. We keep sharing this truth of the scriptures. At the appearing of Jesus and the snatching of believers, six things will happen. Very important you understand this. Jesus will descend to the clouds from heaven. Jesus will leave heaven and will arrive at the heavenly realms, at the cloud realms. will remain there beyond the clouds, but halfway between heaven and earth, Jesus will stay there and an angel will shout and the trumpet will sound Hallelujah. Number two, when the trumpet sound, I said two things. Jesus will stay there. And when the trumpet sounds, and that archangel makes that great shout, dead believers will come back to life. And those of us alive will receive new bodies within the twinkling of an eye before you blink our bodies will transform into the bodies of angels type of body immortality type of body hallelujah paul explains it in, in first corinthians chapter 15 very quickly first corinthians chapter 15 this is like bible school are you learning something? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. This is how Paul, the apostle, explains it. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. New Living Translation. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye. When the last trumpet is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to life forever. And we who are living will be transformed. For our dying bodies will be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies will be transformed into immortal bodies. And look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in incorruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in... A natural body it is raised a spiritual body there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body our glorified body will be like of the body of Jesus when he rose from the dead an undying body in that body you just walk and go in, into the world like that there won't be distance Hallelujah. 
I wouldn't need to board a plane to come to Tamar like that. I would just appear. Hallelujah. You know when Jesus rose up, he was just disappearing and appearing. He will be with the with disciples by the sea. It's gone. He will be at Emmaus Road. It's gone. Hallelujah. No boundaries, no limitations. Supernatural body. I can't wait to be clothed in that body. We will be like Jesus. We will see him face to face. Glory be to God. As we are changed together, we will meet the Lord in the air. It's supernatural. I, I can't describe that. We can't we can just, just fully grasp the supernatural power of God. What's going to happen? We're in the air, but there will be a place in the air where we'll all assemble. And we will be there, the Bible says, for the period of seven years. With the Lord in the air for seven years. And while we're there in heaven, after rapture, for seven years, here on earth, for the period of seven years, there will be what the Bible describes as the, as the great tribulation. Somebody say the great tribulation. Life on earth will be so tough, bitter, and challenging for anyone that will worship any God. Any God. For you to worship God after the rapture, some people will be left behind. Some people that go to church will not make the rapture. They will be left behind. Some people who are not cold, who are living a compromising life, who don't care about their relationship with Jesus, will be left behind at the rapture. And after rapture, for seven years, life will be tough and unbearable for anyone that will name any God. For you to make it to heaven after rapture you have to be willing to be slain your head to be chopped off for the cause of your faith you have to be willing to be thrown into the gas chamber you have to be willing to watch your child being cut to pieces and you know that it will get to your tongue, except you denounce Jesus. The heart of many will fail them. It, it will be so terrible. You know, the Bible says there will be what is called the great tribulation saints. There will be a remnant of people that will make it true. And the Bible says because of them, even before their sake, 
it is shortened. Those days are shortened to just seven days. Don't be left behind. Please tell your neighbor, don't be left behind. You must make the first flight. Say, I will make the first flight in Jesus' name. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says in Matthew 24, Matthew 24, verse 21, For then shall be great tribulation. The Bible qualifies it as great tribulation. You know we are going through tribulations. There are many Christians that have been persecuted every, everywhere on the earth. Hallelujah. Even when coronavirus came and they told you that you cannot open church, it's persecution. They told us we can't preach in public, it's persecution. Where I come from in Europe, every day they are coming up with laws to make it difficult for you to practice Christianity. But you have not seen anything yet. Jesus calls this great tribulation. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. It has never happened on the earth. All these sufferings and pains you're hearing about is nothing. What Hitler did to the Jews is very terrible. But is nothing. What ISIS is doing in Afghanistan, Iraq, what Boko Haram is doing to Christians in Nigeria is nothing. What will happen after rapture, the world has not seen it yet. That's what Jesus said. For there shall be great tribulation. Matthew 24, 21. Such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Even in anger, God is merciful. You know, the fifth thing that will happen, you know, while there will be great pain, great agony, great sorrow, I don't have time to begin to go into the era of the Antichrist, that man of sin, and all of that, because there will be someone who will rule over the world, who will make himself God, who will enter into the most sacred place in Israel, the Jewish temple, and he will proclaim himself God, and he will demand worship. Hallelujah. And he will give a number to his subjects. He will give a number, 666, to people that are his followers. And only the people that are his followers who are marked with 666, can go to shops, can, can board the plane and fly. Only them can rent a house. Only them can have right to a land. Hallelujah. While that is ongoing, remember the rapture taking place. And the believers 
who have died and were resurrected and believers who were cut up while they were still alive, they will be in the cloud for seven years. Somebody is asking, so what will be going on for those seven years? That is a period that is called the period of the marriage feast of the Lamb. Somebody say the marriage feast of the Lamb. Remember, Jesus descended from heaven and he is having a stopover between the heaven and the earth in a place called the heavenly atmosphere or the clouds. And believers of all ages, both dead and alive, have assembled to meet him in the clouds. And for seven years, there is what is called the marriage feast of the Lamb. Hallelujah. The marriage feast of the Lamb is the time of reunion of believers of all ages. A time when they are joined in marriage with Jesus, the husband man. Hallelujah. But it's also the period that God in Christ Jesus will judge the saints. Have you heard the word judgment will begin in the household of God? Have you heard that? You know, believers too will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Let me read that to you. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. Bishop, I lost track of time. Somebody can remind me when I'm, I should be rounding up. Uh, but is somebody getting something? If you have been blessed, say amen. amen. Romans chapter 14, verse 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The last thing you want to do is make yourself a judge over another person. A believer must never judge a believer. No matter what you hear, no matter what you see, you have no right to be a judge over someone. Who are you to judge another man's servant, the Bible says? He stands before his master, his Lord, either condemned or justified. The best that you can do is try to uphold someone, strengthen someone, stand with him in prayer, encourage him to make it. Don't make yourself a judge over anybody. Hallelujah. But why dost thou judge thy brothers? Thy brother. Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every man, that everyone may receive of the things done in his body, according to that which he had done, whether it be good or bad. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 13. Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work which he had built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt, he will suffer loss. 
but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Now, look up here, everybody, and listen to me. The judgment seat of Christ is not the judgment of condemnation. Every one of us will one day appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And that will happen within the seven years of after the rapture. But that judgment seat of Christ is not the judgment of sin. It's not the judgment of condemnation. Because anyone who sins has not been forgiven will not make the rapture. Anyone that God has any issue with, any problem with, whose sins have not been covered, will not make the rapture. Everyone who makes the rapture is someone that God has nothing whatsoever against him. His sins, his bad deeds, his past have been washed and covered in the blood of Jesus. And God has sworn in an oath and their sins I will remember no more. Our sins will never come before God. It's washed in the blood of Jesus, forgiven. So when you hear that the believers will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, is the judgment of reward. God looking at your works, how much you have sacrificed for the kingdom, how much you have labored for the kingdom, how much you involve and invest yourself in kingdom building, Jesus' kingdom building here on earth. How many souls you have won for Christ? How many people you have encouraged to stand and not to fail or fall? How many poor people you have blessed and turned them into wealthy people? At the judgment seat of Christ, he will look at you in the eye and say, well done. Come into the joy of my father. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you to invest your life. Invest your life. Somebody say invest your life. Invest your life. Invest your resources. Invest your time to build the kingdom of Jesus. It is good. It is okay to receive hundredfold return in this life. It's okay to be blessed with a new house, blessed with a fat bank account, blessed with a new car, blessed with open doors of wealth creation. And God is faithful. Whatever we do for him in this life, he says we will be blessed. But no one should involve himself, invest his life and his resources primarily for what he can have or become in this life. Hallelujah. You must invest in the kingdom because someday he will reward you. Hallelujah. 
he will reward you. You know what Paul says? If our faith is all about what we can have or become in this life, if our service, our giving, is all about this life, we are of all men most miserable. Hallelujah. In the service of God, he will bless you. He wants you to be wealthy. He wants to live in a good house. He wants to prosper your marriage. He wants to make you enjoy surplus supply of silver and gold. And there's someone in this place. From today, you will never be broke again in your life. Can I hear you say amen? Lift up your hand, everybody. Whatever you are doing, whatever business you are engaging, may the Lord give you breakthrough there. I don't hear your amen. Your amen is so weak. I don't, may God give you breakthrough there. May God increase your storehouse. Hallelujah. God wants to prosper you in this life. But God does not want you to engage in kingdom service, kingdom business, investing your resources primarily for all you can have or become in this life. You would have received your reward already. Hallelujah. If Jesus will not make you a millionaire, would you still give him that sacrifice? Would you still contribute to build that church? If there will be no promise of prosperity, would you still give for crusades and evangelism? At the judgment seat of Christ. You know, there are, there are perimeters where God would qualify what kind of what your work is. How do God will value your work? Are you with me? Is everybody with me? Say amen. amen. You know what will define the category of your work? Number one, sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. Let me hear you say again, sacrifice. God will see what you are doing. Is it out of convenience or out of sacrifice? I tell you, anybody who does not know how to follow Jesus out of sacrifice is not following well. When Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, the cross is a symbol of sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. You don't serve God out of convenience because it's convenient for you. It's okay. It suits you. It's what you can do anyway. It comes to God as being precious when you are going out of your way to make God happy. You are going out of your comfort, out of convenience. To improve the kingdom of God here on earth. Hallelujah. You know one thing that God will, will consider? He will consider the state of your life. You see, obedience is better than sacrifice. Say obedience 
is better than sacrifice. Say one more time, obedience is better than sacrifice. You cannot make sacrifice to replace obedience. What is the level of your obedience while you are walking? When God is saying to give him the tent, the tithe, only the tent, only the tent, out of all your increase, give the tent to support the ministry. Are you, are you giving the tent? Or you're, you, because you, you, you brought 9.99%, you think? It's acceptable to God. God understands. Obedience. Anything that we do for God out of disregard for his word, out of disregard for the move of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is saying, it doesn't mean anything to God. Hallelujah. Obedience. You cannot live your life anyhow. Live anyhow. Come and sing and preach. Some people give their lives to Jesus because you are preaching the word of God. Because you are singing and the Holy Ghost is using the word. But if at the state of your life, at the time you are doing all of these things, you are not right before God. It means nothing to God that time. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming with his reward in his hands. On that day, many will weep. You see, as it were, I mean, uh, Paul tried to explain to us. He said it will be like a bonfire. You know what the scouts do? How many of you were scouts before? I was a patrol leader uh, in, in, in scouts before. Amen. We, we were, we were all. Hallelujah. Boy scouts. You know, a campfire. You know, they, they put sticks and burn campfire. Right? So that's what Paul was trying to give us a picture of. So there will be like a fire. Everybody is saved. Everybody who, who makes the rapture is saved. No one will go to hell that is raptured. All the people that are left are those that are not ready. And some of them will go through tribulation and will come out. Come out, refine, recharge. But there will be very few people. Dirty that are left behind after rapture cannot endure it. As we're there, there will be like a, a fire in the presence of God. The fire of his presence. And as it were, it's like everybody will, will carry like a box of his works and put it in the fire. All your works will pass through fire. And those that you've done out of obedience, out of sacrifice, you went out of your way, made yourself uncomfortable so you can please the master. You didn't hold back from him. 
You are willing to take your cross and go the way of pain and death. You accepted shame so he can be glorified. All of this will come before the fire of his presence and they will become as pure as gold. Hallelujah. Some who only serve out of their convenience. They can see that there is this crusade that is needing money. God has blessed them with money, but all they care is themselves. Their comfort, their joy. They don't give to the ministry. They don't support pastors. They don't support the church. They don't pay for church plans. They don't pay for evangelism. They don't go out themselves to witness. They only live for themselves. Their work will be as chaff. You know the Bible says in a great house there are many vessels. It's trying to give us a picture of what kind of, what your work will appear like. Some will appear as chaff. When you put chaff before the fire, what happens? Some of you will see that all that you have done, everything that you have done, because out of selfishness, out of selfishness, you care less about kingdom building. Revelation says some people will cry and that day he'll wipe away our tears. As you're looking, you're saying, ah. It says, don't let any man take your reward. You'll see what is reserved for you. You'll see it. You know the, the parable of the talent? The one who had won refused to. So what he had was taken and given to. You'll see that what was reserved for you. What was meant for you, Jesus, taking it and said, this would have been yours. And giving it to, to me, to Musa. I, I was going to say Bishop Richard. And you cry and you wipe your tears and say, in this place, no cry. You think that, you think that, We'll all be the same in heaven. We'll all be the same. God is not unfaithful to forgive your labor of love. He's not unrighteous. You think you and Peter will be at the same quarters? Me, that refused to pursue career. I lived all, just like the bishop, I lived all my life. In ministry. Came out of college and went into full-time ministry. I've never worked for anyone. If I've served faithfully, if I've served faithfully, if I've obeyed God, you have been chasing enjoyment. You think we'll all be the same? You think God is that unrighteous? May nobody take your crown. Can I hear you say a meaningful amen? amen? May nobody replace you. May nobody enter into that glory that is meant to be yours. Say, it's, it's not, it is not my portion. In the name of Jesus. Revelation 19 verse 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice. 
and give honor to him. Revelation 19 verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice. And give honor to him. For the marriage of the lamb is come. And his wife had made herself ready. Only those that are ready will be at the marriage feast of the lamb. Only them that are ready. Waiting for the coming of Jesus. Prepare. Walking right with God. Reverencing God in their dealings every day. Will be at, at this marriage feast of the Lamb. And to her was granted, verse 8, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. Hallelujah. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we are going to Let's sing that song two more times. Soon and very soon. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Soon and very soon. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Soon and very soon. Soon and very soon. We Hallelujah, hallelujah, we are going to see the King. Amen. After the marriage feast of the Lamb, after seven years period, the Bible says the devil will be bound, will be taken, with all his demons will be bound. And the Lord will throw him into a place called the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit, it means endless pit. There's a place wherever it is. God will capture the devil, bind him with all his demons and just throw him there and lock the key. And the devil will be going down and down and down and down and down. He'll keep it going down and down and down for a season of a thousand years. And then the believers will come down with Jesus. You know, Jesus had to stop over for seven years in the clouds. And then after seven years, we will come down and we'll have what is called the millennial reign, the 1,000 years of Jesus here on earth. Hallelujah. It shall be a time of peace, a time of plenty, a time of abundance. We can only describe it. We can only imagine it. 
going to be a lovely moment. Hallelujah. We shall die no more. There will be no death. Another very important thing that you must be aware is that no one knows the time or the hour of the second coming. Many prophesy that Jesus will come next year. Jesus will come in 2019 on Thursday at 6 p.m. No one knows when this will happen. Jesus did not tell us the day or the hour that he will come. Matthew 24, verse 36, I'll soon round up. Matthew 24, 36, no one knows about the day or hour, not even angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father, but the Father, but only the Father. Matthew 24, verse 42, Matthew 24, verse 42, therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house to be broken into. Verse 44, so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 1 to 3. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1 to 3. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety. Then suddenly destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child and they shall not escape. We don't know the day or the hour. We have to be ready every day, every morning, every afternoon, every evening. We go to bed ready. We wake up prepared for rapture. What we do not know is the day or hour. But Jesus was so gracious. He showed us all the signs. A woman can never tell the exact hour that she will deliver a child. But she can tell you when the baby is on the way. She can sense the movement. She begins to feel the pain. And the water breaks. And she knows my baby is coming. Jesus has given us all the signs. When you look around the world, you look at events happening everywhere. Coronavirus. Who ever thought that the world would shut down in one day? Plagues and pestilence. Wars all over the place. Whoever imagined that a time will come that marriage between a man and a man would be legal. 
and a woman can marry a dog and it will be okay. Whoever thought that something like that can happen? The Bible says in the last days, iniquity shall abound and the love of many will wax cold. Whoever knew that in this generation, believers will be lovers themselves. Greed is selfish, disobedient. The church is more materialistic than it is heavenly conscious. In some churches, the devil is having a field day. I saw a video where a man of God was praying for a woman and he asked her to give him his breath so he can suck it and release the anointing. On the altar, whoever knew that that can happen in the church of the living God. Whoever knew that there will be lying prophets in our days. Fake prophets. Fake seers. Whoever knew, whoever imagined that someone would stand on the altar supposedly representing the kingdom of God but he's using witchcraft powers on the altar. If you read Matthew 24, it's, I won't go there from verse, Matthew 24 from verse 13 to 15, when they ask him, when shall this thing be? How do we know that the time has come? He began to share with them. Jesus does not want it to be caught on a wheels. He wants it to be ready. You have to be ready. Just like the five foolish virgins. You know about the story of the ten virgins? Don't be one of the five foolish virgins. The door of rapture will be shut. Shut against you. And the guarantee that you will make it after the rapture is very, very slim. He may come tonight. He may come tomorrow morning. There's a song that says, Will you be ready when the Lord shall come? Will you be ready? I mean, do you know that song? Who is the singer here? I'd like us to do that song just one time. I will be ready. I will be ready. How many of you know that song? Anybody? I will be ready when the Lord shall come. Will you be ready? I want you to stand to your feet. Will you be ready? If the Lord comes right now, will you be ready? If he comes while you sleep, will you be ready?
Put your hand on your head and pray this prayer with me, please. Lord, say with me, Lord, anything I'm contending with, standing on the way of my relationship with you, break its power over me now. Go ahead, make that prayer. Open your mouth and make that prayer. I want to hear you pray. Somebody, I want to hear you pray. Anything contending, standing on the way of my relationship with God, Lord, break it. Break it, break it, break it. I break my tie to anything interrupting my work with God. Anything robbing me of what I can enjoy with God. Can I hear you pray? You got to, don't think this, you got to pray it loud. Whatever is holding me back, I release it. Whatever is holding me down, I release it. Whatever is competing with Jesus in my life, I release it. I release it. I release it. Shetereba kasakale morondo kuskenderia. Kantale kelebre de kusoprodo la kasakali alaba katondo brelia. In Jesus' name we are praying. Everybody say amen. Coronavirus is rebuked in this place in the name of Jesus. Is it okay, Pastor, if we hold our hands? Hold our hands. If you're concerned, do you have uh, sanitizers here? Yeah, so if you, I mean, don't put your, hand, I mean, your hands on your face after holding someone. Make sure you use sanitizer if you're concerned. Just hold somebody's hand if you're comfortable. I want you to pray for that person whose hands you are holding. Lord, refire him. Lord, recharge him. Lord, revive him. Kindle fresh fire up this person. Go ahead and pray for that person whose hands you are holding. Lord, I'm praying for my sister. I'm praying for my brother. Recharge her. Recharge him. Renew her zeal. Renew her his passion. Kindle the fire of the Holy Ghost upon him. Kindle new fire. Fresh zeal. Fresh fire. Fresh zeal. Fresh fire. Fresh zeal. Fresh fire. Pour it out upon him. Pour it out. Pour it out. In the name of Jesus, be revived. In the name of Jesus, be restored. In the name of Jesus, be restored. Be revived. Be built up in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Now lift your hand up, everybody. Lift your hand up. And say, I receive the fire of the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and pray that prayer. Fire, follow me. New fire, follow me. Fire to be zealous. Fire to be holy. Fire to be faithful. Fire to live a sacrificial life. A sacrificial life. Grace to go all the way for my King. Go all the way for Jesus. I receive new zeal, new passion. Fire of the Holy Ghost, fall upon me. New fire, fall upon me. 
New zeal fall upon me. New grace fall upon me. Shatterebo kusotore balaka sakabaha. Renteri kalaka sakayende moroba kalpanaba. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Fall on me. Fall on me. Fall on us. Fire fall in this place. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we are praying. If there's anybody here, anybody, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, if Jesus comes right now, you, know, you may not make it to heaven. You know your life. Maybe you are not even born again. Maybe you have backslidden. You know if Jesus comes now, you may not make it to heaven. This is your chance. This is the reason why this conference has been put in place. I want to pray for you. You may never get this chance again. I want to pray for you. Please step out here. Let me pray for you. If there's anybody like that, you're not sure right now, you're having doubt that you may make heaven if Jesus should come now. Just come out. Let me pray for you. If there's someone like that, don't be shy. Don't let the devil keep you back God bless you take a bold step take a bold step please come 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 let me pray for you any other person don't let the devil deny you of what God can do in your life right now May the transforming power of the Holy Ghost now fall upon you and transform you. Is it okay if I touch you? Are you okay with that? May God's hand rest upon you now. Whatever you struggle with, overcome it. Overcome it. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. In Jesus' mighty name. The name of Jesus receive the power of the Holy Spirit receive the power of the Holy Spirit break through overcome 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 in the name of Jesus thank you father lift up your hand everybody wherever you are lift up your hand as I stand here I pray for you pray for you in the name of Jesus. May the purifying fire of the Holy Ghost sweep across this sanctuary. Hallelujah. May the sanctifying fire of the Holy Spirit sweep across this sanctuary. In the name that is above every name, Receive grace, grace to triumph where you are engaging in a, in a battle with the kingdom of darkness. Grace to triumph, grace to triumph, grace to triumph, grace to triumph. Wherever the devil seems to be winning against you, break through there, break through there. I said, break.
whatever the devil is using to interrupt this journey for you whatever the devil is using come and lift your hand everybody whatever Satan is using against you the devil comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy but right now I rebuke that Satan I rebuke that Satan I rebuke that Satan I speak to you foul spirit lose your hold now lose it let go 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 I rebuke you in the name of Jesus 